news and interviews from across the world and right here in the central Susquehanna Valley. This is WKOK Sunrise on News Radio 1070 WKOK and WKOK.com. Thank you so much for joining us on WKOK Sunrise. Mark Lawrence here in the producer's chair and taking good care of things, we hope. But uh, we'll see. Rob Center enjoying the week off. Well, well, well deserved. So we hope he has a, a great time and enjoys his vacation. On the news line with us now, the Wise Markets Registered Dietitians, Elizabeth Stark, is the head of the whole operation down there in terms of the uh, half a dozen or more registered dietitians. Beth Stark is on the line. Good morning, Beth. Thanks for calling in today. Good morning, Mark. Thanks for having us. I do appreciate that. And Catherine Long, your good colleague, also a registered dietitian and one of the Healthy Living Coordinators, is uh, on the line as well. Good morning, Catherine. Thanks for checking in today. Morning, Mark. Well, I do appreciate you both uh, checking in. Uh, believe it or don't, everything on our mind has kind of, we kind of have to occupy two spaces now. One is uh, fully uh, concerned about the pandemic, but the other is the holiday season. So let's just launch into some holiday ideas. We saw the new Healthy Bites magazine, so we're always glad to see that. Uh, tell us about uh, uh, maybe some common mistakes that people make. Ah, yeah. So we wanted to talk about some baking tips. Um, a lot of people, I know at the beginning of the pandemic, a lot of people were baking a lot on their own. And now that it's the holiday season, uh, it might be nice to bake some cookies or whatnot, just some, you know, comfort food. So we actually did a podcast on this last year about tips to be a better baker. And because if when you think about it, you know, sometimes we fudge things when we cook. Um, but it, when it comes to baking, we really do need to play by the rules because baking is a science. Um, and it does require a little bit of precision for things to turn out just right. And it doesn't often allow for those creative liberties that we take while we're cooking. So the first thing we want to do is toss the old stuff. So let's say your recipe calls for baking soda or baking powder and you find that it's past the date or something like that. So check all of the dates on all the ingredients that you might be using. Um, that includes yeast and flour and you know, some of these things have a relatively short shelf life. So you want to make sure that you're using the freshest ingredients that you can. Um, and one note also is that baking soda and baking powder are not interchangeable in recipes. They both do different things. So you do want to pay attention. Some recipes call for just baking soda. Some call for just baking powder and some call for both. So you want to make sure that you're using um, the correct thing. And another tip is to use room temperature ingredients. And so sometimes this is hard because if you don't quite think ahead, you might not remember to put the stick of butter out or put the cream cheese out to kind of let that get to room temperature. Um, but it really does work better um, if you can do that. So try to, you know, think about your day, when you'll be baking, set those ingredients out. I know I've done this before, and I'm sure a lot of people have done this before. You try to microwave it, and then you try to stop the microwave just at the point where it's soft, but it doesn't start to melt. Um, and I think we've all, I think we've all done that. So, um, and and a lot of times it might turn out just okay, but um, it's better if you can think to to put it out. And I can Beth and I are on video, and she's laughing over there because I think we've both done the same thing. 
I literally just did that this past weekend where I like essentially melted versus softened. And yeah, it came out just fine, but the the sugar, it was very evident. The sugar wasn't kind of creamed through the butter as well as it should have been. Um, so yeah, I am very guilty of that one. <laughs> um, I think one of the other things, too, again, you know, for folks like um, anyone that wants to save time, and I know I'm particularly impatient, and, you know, not taking enough time to complete each step can be another thing. So to the point of creaming the butter and the sugar, you really do want to make sure it achieves that light and fluffy texture because otherwise, again, it doesn't disperse correctly throughout the dry ingredients when you get to that next step. So it's really important to first, like, read the instructions all the way through, really complete them to the end um, just to make sure you end up with that really great, you know, end result. Um, And I love this example here, um, you know, when, again, you can – you know, you're looking at the instructions and they say to cream the butter and sugar. This one I think is such a great explanation, but the sugar actually slices through the butter that creates air pockets, and that's really then what gives whatever you're baking that nice fluffy lift. Um, so that step in particular is just so vital, <laughs> you know, to, yeah. to a great product. And I guess if uh, melted, or check that, if uh, softened butter is different than... Uh, you know, butter right out of the fridge, then melted butter would have yet another consistency that wouldn't be helpful. Exactly, exactly. Um, You know, one other thing, too, is just to use the right tools. So making sure that you're using dry and liquid measuring cups correctly so that they are not uh, interchangeable. Um, So being cautious about that. I mean, usually liquid measuring cups, they would have a handle and a spout to ensure, you know, adequate measure. So if you're trying to pour liquid into one of the kind of like flat-bottomed, you know, typical measuring cups, you just may like underestimate it or you maybe you would even spill some of it, but so using something that actually has a handle and a spout makes it easier to then transfer to the kind of the mixture. Um, you know, but there is a difference there too, which I don't think a lot of people realize. Wow, all these Yeah, subtleties. I definitely use those interchangeably even though I shouldn't. <laughs> and you do end up spilling some. All right. Other baking missteps that folks might uh, inadvertently do? Yeah, so just two more. Um, one Fully preheat the oven before you put your baked goods into the oven. So um, let's say you're going to cook a casserole or something like that. You know, you can throw that in before it's fully preheated. But if you put your, you know, cookies or breads or, you know, whatever before it has, the oven has reached the proper temperature, it might cause some problems with the texture, the color, um, how it rises. So, and then they might end up being done before it's like the, It just kind of makes a mess. So preheat your oven to avoid any surprises um, when you are done baking that. And this one, you might be surprised. We always try to give tips for how to reduce the sodium in your diet. But when you're baking, you really don't want to skimp on the salt. Um, And it's not, salt isn't in the baked goods to make it taste salty. Um, It kind of helps to enhance the other ingredients that are in there. If you're adding vanilla or almond or lemon or sugar, like it really helps those flavors pop. Um, so you don't want to skimp on the salt when you're baking. And usually baking recipes may only require a quarter of a teaspoon to a half or a full teaspoon. So you're not adding a tremendous amount of salt to that. What makes a difference between something that uh, somebody bakes that turns out spectacular and somebody that just bakes a cake and eh, it tastes okay? Where is the subtlety? Is it this precision and some of these nuances that you're talking about? Yeah, I truly think it is. And I think one of the biggest 
things is the one that Beth mentioned about taking your time to fully complete each step to exactly how the recipe says. So if it says to, you know, cream the butter and sugar until it's light and fluffy, I mean, sometimes that takes a lot longer than you think. Um, or if you mix until just combined or fold things in gently, because sometimes if you overmix things, um, that might overdevelop the gluten or that might deflate those air pockets that you created when you creamed the butter and the sugar. Um, so, you know, not even mixing properly can do some of those things and that'll result, that'll change the end product. So it really, it really um, pays to kind of listen to those instructions very closely. I was going to just add quickly another thing in there that I am also guilty of, and I think probably a lot of listeners might be, is that when the instructions say to spoon the flour into the measuring cup and then Mm -hmm. like use a a knife to kind of like scrape it, um, that really makes a big difference. Uh, so, you know, if you typically just take the scoop of the measuring cup into the bag of the flour or the canister, again, you really may be over or under, um, you know, utilizing the flour in that recipe. So, I mean, a lot of uh, kind of experts recommend actually weighing the flour to get it exact, which who has time for that? <laughs> but if you, can at least, if you can at least spoon it in and just, again, take that time to make sure versus kind of just scooping it in and be like, eh, you know, you almost eyeball it, that I think is a big factor in, in your question there, Mark. Okay. So those are the, th- I guess if you scoop it, you're compressing it a little bit? Yeah, a little bit. Actually. Okay. So that might happen. All right. Well, those are great. Uh, we certainly know a lot of folks are going to be <laughs> baking in the weeks and months ahead. And uh, we'll look forward to that. I have been asking you pretty consistently, what's ripe out there? So I'm assuming at the beginning of December, nothing is ripe at the moment. But uh, what can you tell us about any fruits or vegetables out there? Yeah, well, that's contrary to popular belief there, Mark. So, you know, we have cranberries that are in season now. We did talk about those in uh, the last uh, last month's show. And uh, we do have some great information in our current Healthy Bites magazine regarding cranberries. But pears are also in season right now. And, um, you know, they're just a great uh, type of fruit that I feel like is undervalued in the produce department. You might always buy oranges. You might always buy apples. But pears are just a really great alternative to some of those typical fruits. And they're just as easy to eat as an apple because it's just that handheld type of, you know, portable option for you. But um, I think one kind of like common misconception about choosing pears is that they don't ripen when you get them home, but that's actually, that's not correct. Um, you know, so you want to purchase them maybe within a couple of days of your intended use, and they do actually ripen on your counter further. Um, you know, if you want to put them by a banana, put them in a bag with a banana, that can help to expedite that. But, um, and when you're shopping for ripe pears, what you want to actually look for is um, kind of like checking the neck is the technique that they say. So what that means is at the stem end where the fruit kind of touches the stem at the top, you know, just gently giving that a little bit of a touch. And if it's uh, kind of yielding to pressure, that means it's ripe and ready to go. If not, then it will actually require a little bit more ripening. Um, and so a fun fact that Bartlett pears actually appear green in our stores, but they turn to yellow as they ripen. Um, others like the Anjou, the Boss, those are like sometimes like the brown skinned uh, fruit, the pears or even the red skinned. Um, they do not dramatically change color as they ripen. So again, using that technique of checking the neck can make a big difference there. You need to know these uh, the color code for your pears to know what's ripe. I, I think it was an avocado that that had a uh, sticker on the side that had three different colors, and one was that it was still not ripe, and one that it was perfectly ripe, and then a darker color was overripe. So it had the you know the color code right on a sticker there. 
for an avocado. Yeah, I have- <laughs> I've seen those before. It's actually very handy. It's kind of the same way you would check the ripeness with a pear. Um, and pears ripen from the inside out. So that's why you need to check the neck because that's where you'll see what the inside of the pear is. Um, and kind of a fun, another, a couple of fun facts about pears is that they contain prebiotic fiber that helps to promote gut health um, by providing food for those beneficial probiotic bacteria that's in our gut. Um, and people who eat a lot of anthocyanin-rich fruits, such as pears, have a lower risk of developing type 2 diabetes. Um, and that was according to a Harvard study, which included about 200,000 men and women. So pears are a very healthy food for us. And um, oh, they do contain a lot of fiber, especially when eaten with the skin on. And there's so many things you can do um, in addition to just, you know, snacking on a pear. Um, they go really well with sweet and savory food. So put them in yogurt with a little bit of honey um, or top them, top your oatmeal with some pecans, or they're really good in like a spinach salad with blue cheese crumbles and balsamic vinaigrette. Um, or here's a really fun one. Add thinly sliced pears to a grilled cheese sandwich or a panini, and then you're pairing the savory cheeses with the sweet pears. Oh, that sounds delicious, especially the panini with their, their grilled cheese. Yeah. It does sound super. It's always nice to, to taste that pizzazz that kind of jumps out when you have good fruit on a salad or in a sandwich. Well, uh, ladies, thank you so much for this uh, segment. Uh, we're going to come back when we do. Uh, we got a full schedule of things where you're going to be uh, holding virtual events, so we're going to talk about that also Uh, how we're going to celebrate the holidays without uh, being able to be near our loved ones. Uh, Maybe just wearing masks might be the way to go. So we're going to talk about that. So please uh, stand by, and when we come back, uh, we're going to be talking more with Beth Stark, Lifestyle Initiative Manager and Registered Dietitian at Wise Markets, and Catherine Long, Healthy Living Coordinator, Registered Dietitian at Wise Markets. And they'll be back at uh, 7.40 this morning. We have back on the news line with us now Beth Stark, Lifestyle Initiative Manager and Registered Dietitian at Wise Markets, and Catherine Long, a Healthy Living Coordinator and Registered Dietitian at Wise Markets. Welcome back, our good professional RDs. Thanks for calling back again. Good morning. I do appreciate that. As we uh, head into the pandemic, uh, in in what way will the holidays look different? Uh, Please tell us about that. Yeah, I think this year, you know, definitely we've just gone through Thanksgiving, which might have been a little different for everybody, and maybe the same with Christmas. And so we came up with a few ideas that we wanted to share that we think are really fun for families and friends to still kind of enjoy the Christmas cheer but you might be at a distance. And so I know something that I, it's kind of a tradition that I always did with my friends is we did a secret Santa gift swap. Um, and so we can still do that virtually. And you might think it would be more confusing, but it's actually pretty simple. So pick a date, set a budget, um, gather a list of your friends who would like to participate or your family members. Um, and then one person can kind of pick names for everybody and let, you know, let you know who you got assigned to. And then you'll all have to mail your gifts to each other by the certain date. And then on the time, on the date and time that you picked, you all join a video call and then you can open up your secret Santa gift. Um, and so I just think that's a really fun way to still participate in something like that and just kind of a unique, a unique twist on the secret Santa idea. 
Or you could just drop them off, too, if you, if somebody's nearby. Don't yeah. stop by. Don't rap on the door. Just leave it on the front porch or between the doors. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. Um, I've actually done that quite a bit through the pandemic. I've dropped things off at people's doorsteps. But this also might be a way to include friends who are at a distance if you are able to um, get to the post office and mail something. And I think another really fun idea, and this one might be especially fun for the kids um, or even the adults because we're just big kids, right? Um, is to do like a, a holiday scavenger hunt. So you can either send a list of ideas out to people in the morning or you can do it live on your video. So come up with a list of ideas and, you know, maybe it's who's the first one that can go find a deck of cards in their house or a book that starts with the letter A or something like that. You know, who can be the first one to go find that and then bring it back to the video chat. Well, and I think uh, you're probably looking for my address, so I will t uh, email that to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming I'm on the list. <laughs> I certainly you definitely need the list, Mark. Okay. Other ways yeah. to, to celebrate uh, this uh, unusual holiday season? Yeah, you know, something I've actually been kind of, I haven't, like, documented it, you know, just yet, but something I've been keeping a mental tally of is, you know, like a little holiday type of bucket list. So things that I want to do with, you know, my, you know, family members that are close by and that we're kind of just keeping keeping the circle small. But, um, you know, some different things might include making a gingerbread house from scratch. So this could be something that you could start as a new tradition and then also kind of build into this bucket list. So just different things to, to occupy your time and different and fun things to look forward to. Um, you know, making, you know, homemade cutout cookies, again, using all those awesome tips we just shared so they come out to perfection. Um, hosting a holiday movie marathon day or just kind of, you know, enjoying that in your home. You know, this weekend it's going to be a rainy one, it looks like. So maybe, you know, gathering together and making some popcorn and enjoying, you know, some of those traditional holiday classics, um, you know, as far as movies go, that could be fun. Um, you know, just a couple of different things to lighten the mood a little bit. Um, and also, I love this. Catherine pulled these notes together, and it includes celebrating anything and everything, which I think is always fun. So coming up on December 12th, we have Cocoa Day, so maybe enjoying some hot cocoa with your family. Um, and then on the 13th is Popcorn String Day. So if you haven't gotten your tree decorated by then, you could uh, string that popcorn together and either add it to a decorated tree or maybe, you know, decorate your tree thereafter. So kind of just like finding the small um, joys through the season and, you know, putting those into your routine. Well, and I think if you if people wear a mask indoors too, if you're if you have your pod coincides with someone else's, then if you wear a mask and keep distance, even though you're indoors, you, you, there's probably a way to be safe if you're going to have the movie uh, day at your house or have some hot chocolate, that kind of thing. So, it is possible. It is not uh, impossible to get together at all whatsoever. Period. We see a lot of people enjoying some outdoor activities during the day as well, while this uh, weather is not, you know, certainly as November as it can be. Okay, anything else on the unusual holiday list? <laughs> yeah, I think it's just, I think one positive thing from COVID is, is kind of like, you know, in the past, if someone couldn't make it to your holiday dinner or your party, you know, that person would just miss out. But now with all the virtual ways that we can get together, you know, everybody can be there uh, without actually being there. So, you know, the, then, you know, friends or family members that might live at a distance um, don't need to miss out. So it's just a great way for everybody to get together, you know, again, without actually being together. Yeah, I know some, one of my friends invited us to a Zoom hideous sweater 
meeting coming up in the, in the coming weeks. So if you thought you were going to get out of wearing your hideous sweaters during the holidays because of the pandemic, well, watch out for friends that think that's a good reason to gather. All right, so those are all sound tips, and these are the kinds of things we can find. Some of these, anyway, not this particular list right here, but some of other information is in the Healthy Bites magazine. Yeah, yeah. And I Oh, oh, I will put this. Um, I'll post these ideas in our Wise Healthy Bites Facebook group. Um, so if you're on Facebook, just search for Wise Healthy Bites, and you can join that group. And we include just a lot of good recipes in there and tips and, you know, seasonal things like everything we've just talked about. All right. Well, thank you for that. Yeah, it's kind of funny. At our house, we were kind of wondering, do we need a new iPad a couple of years ago? And we go ahead, went ahead and got one, and we weren't using it much. But now... Every day, somebody's using it to Zoom. So uh, there's virtual meetings and virtual family events, and you know everything's being conducted virtually. So that that was kind of a good decision for us. So, what kind of virtual event schedule do you have lined up now that it is officially December? I know it's crazy, right? And the the dietitians have been keeping very busy with these virtual classes, and they have been so wildly popular. And we're definitely continuing these on into the new year. So what we have currently. Scheduled for December are a variety of different elementary kids' uh, baking camps. We have cooking camps for that age group. We have preschool kids' cooking camps. And then we also have some different um, adult-focused uh, classes around intuitive eating and just general, um, you know, kind of like health and wellness around diabetes, how to host a gluten-free holiday guest. Um, one that I've actually really loved, and we've gotten, again, a lot of great feedback, is the Cook Dinner with a Dietitian program. So that's every week um, we have uh, a class at 5.30 where we provide the recipe and the ingredients in advance, and then you purchase those items and cook alongside the dietitian where you're enter- and educated and entertained. I keep explaining this as, uh, and then you get to sit down to dinner after you're done. So it's a really great way to be productive, you know, learn, and then have dinner at the end of it. So that's something that's, um, you know, available. The next one will be December 8th at 5.30. Um, so lots of great classes coming up within that category. And then the kids' cooking and baking classes, um, we're part up with Cabot Cheese this month to do some really great product or great recipes using some of their cheese, their yogurt, um, and some of their other items um, that are available in our stores. So, you know, one that's coming up later this week, for example, is a hot chocolate muffin recipe. I'm sure many kiddos out there would enjoy that one. Um, we have Cabot Yogurt Banana Pudding. Oh, my goodness, that sounds great for breakfast. I wish I had that in front of me right now. <laughs> um, you know, and some other really great ideas. So the best way to, to access all of these would be to email the Wise Dietitians at wisedietitians at wisemarkets.com or visit the Wise Markets Facebook events page. There you'll see everything all in one buttoned up place, and you can register right from our Facebook page for these classes. And the bonus is that they are all free, um, obviously with the exception of purchasing the ingredients in advance. All right. Well, that sounds like a great uh, schedule. Anything to add to our entire discussion uh, today? What else do we need to talk about? (laughs) My gosh, it's hard to narrow down, right? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I will just mention our new podcast episode that came out yesterday. Um, So we partnered up with a great gal. She's local. Um, She's a personal trainer and a chef. And um, her name is Davis. And our podcast was Making Time for Movement. Um, And just because, you know, things around, you know, things in December, life gets a little busier with the holidays. And sometimes we aren't taking care of ourselves as much as we used to be or getting 
enough activity in or activity like we used to be. So we just have some tips in there to, you know, get moving more at home, um, just to encourage you, you know, little bits can really add up. You don't have to be, you know, at the gym sweating for an hour for it to make a difference. Just little five or 10 minute um, snippets of exercise all make a difference. All right. That's on the podcast. And Chelsea Davis, the phone cut out just a tiny right. bit there. But a lot of folks uh, would, of course, be familiar with her around here. Wisemarkets.com, the go-to place, or on Facebook, you can uh, find out all the information about their registered dietitians. Finally, Navigating the Holidays with Diabetes was an article in the uh, Healthy Bites. Uh, just a moment to talk about that, please. Yeah, you know, I think one of the biggest things we can recommend is, you know, having a plan, and that would apply to anyone with diabetes and without for that matter, um, you know, and really not skipping meals leading up to a holiday meal or some kind of small, like, holiday gathering. Um, but it's really just about making sure that you're still managing your blood sugar. Ultimately, that will help you feel your best. It'll keep you at lower risk for any types of other conditions during the holiday season, keep your immunity strong. Um, you know, so I think that's probably one of the best recommendations I can, I can share. Um, so we do have a, um, a topic coming up. This is actually one of the, di- the dietitian classes coming up um, that you would be able to participate in. The first one would be December 5th at noon, and we also have then December 21st at 2 p.m. So here our dietitian um, will just give you some, again, practical strategies, different recipe ingredient swaps and things like that, just, again, to manage um, your diabetes and your blood sugar over this holiday season. All right, fabulous information. Uh, please scan down all the ways to contact a dietitian, please, if you would, Catherine. Sure. You can email us at wisedietitians at wisemarkets.com. Um, you can join our Facebook group, which is called Wise Healthy Bites. Um, our podcast is called Wise Healthy Bites, so that's on Apple or Google Podcasts. Um, you can reach us through the main Wise Markets Facebook page if you shoot them a message or they'll forward it to us. And you can also call customer the, just the Wise Customer Service, and they will get your message to us, too. Right, well, sound device and sound policy and sound information. I personally am going to sign up for the Grinch Fruit Kebabs class that's coming up. So <laughs> I, knew you, I knew those would be your favorite, Mark. Or the Banana Snowmen. I just can't, I can't figure out which I'm going to enjoy, but I really do appreciate it. Well, I probably won't talk to you again before the holidays, so please, uh, both of you, enjoy your holidays. Please make the very, very most of it, and thanks for all you do throughout the year. You too, Mark. Yep, same to that. you and all listeners as well. That is uh, Catherine Long and uh, Beth Stark. Uh, Lifestyle Initiative uh, Manager is Catherine, or Beth Stark. And Catherine Long is a Healthy Living Coordinator at Wise Markets. As I mentioned, they're both uh, registered dietitians from Wise Markets. A great place to start. If you missed some of that good contact information is uh, wisemarkets.com.